0: Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On NBA Draft hosted by yours truly. My name is Richard Stamen. You probably know me better as Mavs Draft, at Mavs Draft on Twitter or newly Magic and Magic Draft if you've been following. as you probably heard in the first episode if you listen, big magic fan as well as Mav. So decided just to be able to cover both of those uh since I already tweeted about the Magic Plenty in case you were wondering what was going on with that. Uh but it got really fun and exciting episode for today. I'm gonna cover James Book Night and the Big East tournament and some of the other big East prospects. Uh it's a big focus of mine recently is just uncovering that that conference, which I think has a lot of hidden gems in it. We to also talk about Scotty Barnes from Florida State, and also the ACC tournament, which has some nice second-round gems in it as well in the ACC. And then just going to preview the overall conference tournaments for this week as March Madness starts to begin. And, and if you're like me, this is probably your favorite time of the year. Conference tournaments winding down. You know, as I'm recording this, I'm actually watching Mercer versus UNC Greensboro, and it's the 1-7 matchup. It's a Pretty big upset for Mercer to even be there, and you know I haven't. I'm not gonna lie; I've seen one Mercer game this year um, for whatever reason, because I think I think one of their star players had an almost perfect game earlier, and I really wanted to check it out. But obviously, you know, not we don't watch the Southern Conference a lot for, uh, for NBA draft, but nevertheless, it's a really fun time just just to be able to watch college basketball. Um, you know, in the most fun time. If you're like me, you know, you just eat it all up, whether or not you've been invested in the teams that are playing. Uh, So I think it's a really fun time of of the year. And, you know, a lot of people are seeing these prospects for the first time. There's a a lot of hype around this, and rightfully so. And I'm I'm excited again for March Madness. You know, we robbed a bit last year. Um, And really, any conference tournament, I think think only like five or six conference tournaments were actually completed last year. So it's a lot to look forward to this year. And, again, a lot of people's first time seeing prospects. So I'm going to give you a little bit of introduction as to what to expect. Let's jump uh, straight into it. First, we'll start with James Book Knight. He's from the University of Connecticut. He played 12 games this year. Um, you know, with COVID, I think I believe it hit the team. But he also missed a, a, about a month due to uh, bone spurs in his left elbow. Came back completely. Uh, he's been completely fine since. For the year, he's averaging 20 points per game on 47% shooting. Uh, that's with 34% from the, from the three-point line and 80% from the free throw line, along with 5.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.3 steals per game, and 2.9 turnovers. He's been an outstanding and electric offensive player. He's, in my opinion, I think he's one of the safest offensive players that isn't in the top prize group, which is, you know, you got Evan Mobley, you got the Jonathan Kumingas, uh, who I talked about last week, as well as Cade Cunningham. Those guys everybody knows are going to be incredible, but I really do think people are sleeping on James Booknight. His game, it just translates to the NBA so well with how he plays under so much control. He can score at all three levels, elite space creator. In my opinion, he's an outstanding athlete. If you look at my timeline, I, I watched some of the games previewing his potential matchups in the conference tournament this week, and he had some crazy athletic plays. He showed up on defense. He was shooting. He was again, creating space. These are a lot of those things are pretty normal for him, but he can get to his spots whenever and however he wants. It's, it's his game and the defenses have to adjust for him though. The biggest thing he has to work on is probably speeding up his jump shot. You know, he'd be a t- consensus top five pick. I think if he had a smoother jump shot, it's a little bit slow. And I don't think that's necessarily the reason that he's at 34%. I think that's just going to gradually get better with time, but. His jump shot does need a little bit of polish, but it's not broken by any means. It's just kind of nitpicking. And then also he needs to add weight. He's pretty skinny. He's only listed at, I believe, 100. Uh, he's at 190 pounds at 6'5". So it's he's got a skinny frame, um, but he's overall a gifted offensive player, and that's the main selling point on him. I have him as my number five overall player, which I know is not popular. Um I know. I think I see ESPN has him around eleven, give or take. I can't remember where they have him. So it's not again. It's not the most popular take. I just I do think his game is fluid. It really reminds me a lot of Zach Levine. He's the guy who, when people ask for the comp, I list I list him. You know, not no one is on the tier of athleticism as Zach Levine. There's very few people on this planet that can come close to what he does athletically. But in terms of just play style and and how I project him to fit in the NBA and on an NBA roster. Uh, I do think James Book Knight has a lot of Zach Levine in him, which is a high comparison this year, considering he's flirting with 50, 40, 90 on 29 points per game. So not saying he's ever going to get there on that, but his play style is very similar. And he also would be higher on draft boards if he hadn't missed time. I do think that's the thing that's holding him back. And and I don't know if you saw my tweets uh, Monday evening was when it would be. that I, predicted, I just went ahead and just filled out a bracket for the Big East. I have Connecticut winning it all. It's Connecticut was a really good team, even without Book Knight. They're pretty solid top to bottom. Uh, Villanova doesn't have Colin Gillespie, who's their starting point guard. So I I think there's a lot of room for James Book Knight's name to just pop up in this Big East tournament. So I'm going to run through the Big East tournament, uh, just kind of preview what you need to know, which games to watch. They start on Wednesday, March 10th. So by the time if you're hearing this on Tuesday, you got a day to prepare. Uh, obviously the Big East tournament first round with the bottom six seeds isn't the sexiest stuff to watch. I get it. However, there are a few prospects Being in chronological order. You got Marquette faces Georgetown. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I haven't watched as much Marquette as I would have liked. Uh, before recording this, I actually was watching this weekend's Xavier versus Marquette game. Um, it was a pretty entertaining one has two prospects that I think are worth watching. Um, on Marquette, you've got. Dawson Garcia, who is a pretty nice shooting lefty uh, forward. He's got good size. He's probably second round target for now. He could rise. He's a freshman. Also on Georgetown, this is a very deep sleeper. So just remember the name, potentially, Marco Pickett. I think he was a top 50 recruit, if you're familiar with the recruiting process. Most likely not going to get drafted, but just a name to remember if you hear summer league uh, conversations come up. The next one features Butler and Xavier. Xavier has my absolute favorite sleeper in the entire draft. That's Paul Scruggs. He's a four-year player. Uh If you remember in the intro episode last week, I talked about how I went out to L.A. for the Pro Basketball Combine. And Paul Scruggs was the guy I saw there. I had no idea who he was before. I admit admittedly haven't watched much Xavier. And a lot of the people there were really high on him. I, I didn't see it for at first. And then I saw him come through TCU when he played Desmond Bain, and uh, he was outstanding. I, I think he's a three-level scorer incredible defender with elite length, can probably finish at ease, can guard anybody, can play posts on both ends. He's a really special player. He contributes right away, and he's a point guard. So he does everything right. He's a high IQ guy. He's going to bring winning basketball traits to a team. Uh, I think that if you're a team in the second round that's looking for that winning backup point guard that can contribute right away, it's him. And then the third game of the day is DePaul versus Providence. Not too much there. David Duke is a guy who – um, has made some headlines with his combo guard ability. Really athletic, can split defenses really well, needs to work on the jump shot. Um, so the winner of Marquette versus Georgetown will face Villanova. Villanova has a couple guys, uh, mainly one key guy, but they're missing their starting point guard, Colin Gillespie. Um, he hurt his knee, and it, it was pretty serious, according to Jay Wright. Um, but Jeremiah Robinson Earle, is going to be the star there. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm still very high on him. I have been since I saw him last year. I have him as a lottery talent. I think he's the perfect do-it-all forward, Um, and they'll get whoever wins that game, potentially Dawson Garcia versus Jeremiah Robinson. They should match up. They get Seton Hall versus St. John's, which also has another good amount of uh, of prospects. You've got Sandro. uh, I honestly can't even say his name. His last name, it's really embarrassing. i tried doing it before this podcast, but couldn't get it done. But Sandro on Seton Hall is a point center. There's no other way to describe it. So that would be a really good matchup. Uh, and then also in the second round, you could see Xavier versus Creighton, which I think will happen. That would be Paul Scruggs versus Marcus Zagorowski, two really intriguing guards. Zagorowski is kind of – he has a crazy first step, really good shooter. He needs to work on just a little bit of consistency. And now, when I do see an upset, I see Xavier pulling it off over Creighton. So the winner of Creighton versus Xavier would face the winner of Providence versus UConn, which we actually got to see a few weeks ago. It was one of Jenkins Book Night's better games, I think. He played against uh, David Duke, who had a terrible outing. But that could be a really fun rematch with high stakes. And then winner of that, you know, they face the winner of Creighton and Xavier, uh, which winner of that one goes to the final. So Big East has a lot to look forward to. I think there's a ton of prospects. I hope I didn't just throw too many names too quick. Uh, so I apologize if I did. But when we come back, I'm going to talk about the ACC tournament, uh, kind of do similar team by team breakdown, uh, quick breakdown, I should say, with prospects and predictions, as well as just go in depth on Scotty Barnes, who is one of my favorite prospects. I wanted to talk to you real quick about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps and motor oil uh, and even new carpet. So no matter who is driving, whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices that you prefer all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Starling. Get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Starling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back. If you were tuning in for the ACC portion and are not a fan of the Big East, this might be where you want to pick up. Uh, I'm going to talk quick about Scotty Barnes and just the rest of the ACC. So with Scotty Barnes, it's a little bit, he is one of the most unique prospects I think I've seen come through. Uh, I've been doing the draft uh, hardcore for four or five years. I think this is my fifth year now. And I frankly, honestly can't remember a prospect like Scotty Barnes. He's a 6'9". Listed as a guard, he's probably an off guard in the NBA. I wouldn't trust him to run the offense. Um, but just kind of to give you an idea of how unique he is, he was named to the preseason Bob Cousy awards watch list, which is a point guards awards list for the best point guards in the country. So if that tells you anything before seeing a single game of Scotty Barnes, I, (laughs) he's one of the most unique prospects. That is the most telling thing for me. I, I, I hadn't seen an ounce of his high school games before. He got to Florida State, and everything lived up to it for me. I'm a huge fan. Um, I think his per-game numbers really don't do him justice. Uh, When you look at his per minute, it really magnifies just how special he is. And I'm going to preface it with I don't think this is actually a comparison, but there are tons of shades of this guy in the NBA who I think Scotty Barnes could be similar to. Not quite one-to-one, and I don't think he's as good defensively as the other player was. Better passer can actually run an offense probably a little bit better from the get-go than uh, than this player. But a lot of shades to Draymond Green. Not necessarily going to be, you know, a light-top shooter by any means. I think Draymond Green shooting 23% from three this year. He's had a huge impact for why the Warriors are back in the playoff race. As good as Steph Curry has been, no disrespect to him. But Draymond Green has been huge. And obviously we know just how great of a two-way player Draymond Green has been over the years. they have all kept up with the Warriors dynasty. I don't really need to elaborate on that. So Scotty Barnes' per-game numbers, he averages 10 points a game, 4.3 rebounds, 4.3 assists, one-and-a-half steals, half a block, and two turnovers. Um, that's on 48%, shoots 26 and from three, and 57% from the line. So obviously, right off the bat, you can tell the jump shot just isn't there, and Frankly, I don't know if it ever will be. My stance on that, a lot of people ask if it's a fatal flaw or if it's something that he can quickly overcome. For me, it's a no-brainer. I think it's a bonus if he gets a jump shot. You know, there's no such thing as the perfect player, but if he got a jump shot, he might be very close um, to the perfect. Uh, he's not the perfect player. I should, I should clarify that. The perfect build of a player, though, where he just jack of all trades, um, where really he's the true jack of all trades with master of none. If that's the case, I I do see his defense as something that could be special, um, which you'll see in the per 40, which per 40 minutes, he averages 17 points per game, seven assists, seven rebounds, and two and a half steals at 0.8 blocks per game. So his per minute impact is just unreal. You can tell there's very rare to see a 17, seven and seven guy with two and a half steals just speaks volumes to how unique he is. So a little bit more in depth, uh, the stuff I like about him, and you're probably wondering where does the offense come from. If he can't shoot, our team is just going to give him the Ben Simmons treatment and let him run over them and, you know, make him beat him on the drive. I think that's a very possible uh, outcome for him. He's got really long arms, crazy long strides getting to the basket, so he's really hard to stop once he gets ahead of steam. He's a good athlete. I wouldn't list him as a great athlete, but he definitely is above the average line. Makes up for it with just such an outstanding IQ. He knows where to be on both ends of the floor. It's a little bit hard to judge his defense, I think, with with how he's used. So I think a lot of people will say, Oh, you know, he's a loof off ball or something. But in reality, he's playing he's playing free safety and then defense. I really don't think I've seen a free safety in college that's not a point guard um for a high major program that's that high of a seed, you know, I remember LSU ran Tremont waters as an, an off ball, just free safety. He, he could intercept any pass, uh, which is really weird to hear comparing that to a five, 10, you know, guard to Scotty Barnes, who has almost a whole foot on him. But I see Scotty Barnes's defensive upside as being well above average, probably in the plus range where people will know his name and understand what his defensive impact is pretty early, um, I think that might be his early calling card, but the best trait he has far and away is his passing. He can make any pass as unconventional as it looks. He can make any pass almost to any angle from, from any angle, too. He can throw it lefty, you know, on the move. He's a good live ball passer, both hands. Got to improve his ball handling, but it's still a good area for him. It's something he's pretty good in. And his long arms, I think, really help him along with his size. I, I think they really do help him make tough passes over defenders. And he can see over defenders. He has crazy vision. You know, he's been getting six, seven assists with ease. As you can tell from the per minute, stand, the stats, it's pretty obvious how high of an impact he has as a passer. Um, you know, the vision is there. And then also, he's an outstanding rebounder, which is just for if he if you play him as a guard, that's automatically a huge bonus. Your team is going to be better by that rebounding just by nature of being bigger. Um, you know, looking at I, I don't have a great team fit off the top of my head. I think almost any team fits. Admittedly, I'd love him on the Mavs, but highly unrealistic that the Mavs can sneak into the top ten to get him. He's got he's a perfect off-ball quote unquote guard to put next to. A, your star player. I think he just cleans up all the dirty work for, for your stars. So you won't see Scotty Barnes in Florida State until Thursday. That's the quarterfinals. They have the double buy and they get the winner of Louisville and the winner of Duke Boston College, which in my mind, no question that should be Duke. Um, so I'm just going to start from the beginning, do a little prospect rundown on it. You've got Miami versus Pitt at the top. They're the 12-13. They're the first game They've got a few guys, uh, the Champagne, I, I forget how to say the name. It almost looks like Champagne, but it's not Champagne. Uh, potential player of the year in Pittsburgh, though, for Champagne. Um, he goes against Isaiah Wong in Miami, who I believe is the most underrated, overlooked guard in the country for draft prospects. He's super athletic, good shot creator. Doesn't have a smooth jump shot. It's slow, but it's good form. Uh, crazy athletic is going to be his, probably his calling card. And then you have Duke-Boston College, which we all know about Duke. Jalen Johnson's no longer there, but they still have Jeremy Roach, D.J. Stewart, and Matthew Hurt. Uh, Should be an easy win over Boston College, even though Duke's underperformed this year. And then Notre Dame-Wake Forest really don't have any prospects on them, but I'm going to go Notre Dame winning that one. Um, So just kind of starting at the top again. Syracuse faces North Carolina State. They faced off a couple times already this year, and I'm pretty sure they've been Close games, don't quote me on that. I probably should have researched that before starting this segment, but uh, I apologize. Honestly, I did not. But they've got two big men on pacing uh, up against each other. Obviously, zones will mess that up from Syracuse, but you've got Quincy Garrier on Syracuse, who's a small ball, like textbook small ball five. He uh, can stretch the floor, play big down low, versus Manny Bates on North Carolina State, who's a fringe prospect, but he's an outstanding shot blocker with good athleticism and size. So I give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, They face, winner of that faces Virginia, which Virginia is obviously the powerhouse in the ACC and the one seed. Um, They've got Trey Murphy, who I see as the only draftable prospect on their team with all due respect to Sam Huff and the Housers. Um, But then they'll face again, they'll face Syracuse North Carolina state winner. And Clemson gets the winner of Pitt Miami. I've got Miami um, in that one personally. Um, then I've got just kind of keeping this on the same side of the bracket. Clemson will beat Miami. Shouldn't be much of a challenge for them. And they'll get Georgia Tech, who they've got three prospects who I'm interested in. I've heard Jose Alvarado could be compared to, like, a J.J. Barea type. Um, Still not sure I'm there on that. I think he kind of suffers against tougher competition and, you know, just bigger guys. Um, Moses Wright, the player of the year, is on Georgia Tech. He's going to climb up boards. Uh, you know, after the season. I think this will be an eye-opening experience for March Madness for him. And then Mike DeVoe, he's a lefty point guard, 6'5", so at that size, it's kind of hard not to keep him, kind of hard to keep him off the board, but he's got a good jump shot as well. And then jumping back down to the bottom of the bracket with Duke versus Louisville, I could see the upset going in Duke's favor. I don't know why I feel this way, because I absolutely should not. Uh, Then they'll face... They'll face Florida State after a potential upset over Louisville, which would be a nice matchup between Scotty Barnes guarding Matthew Hurt. Um, and then in the very bottom of the bracket, I have North Carolina beating the winner of Notre Dame-Wake Forest, no matter who it is. They'll face Virginia Tech, who Virginia Tech really doesn't have any prospects. Um, but North Carolina has a couple, Caleb Love and uh, De'Ron Sharp, who I'm pretty high on, really high IQ. Just, he plays like a guard. He's a 6'10 forward built like a tank who – who plays like a guard. Ultimately in this one, though, I have Florida State coming out on top over Virginia Tech when they beat North Carolina. And then Florida State will play. I have them playing Georgia Tech. Florida State comes out on top winning the ACC. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you real quick, just touching on some of the prospects in the conference tournaments that I haven't gotten to. Uh, it be a quick segment, just kind of who to watch uh, as March Madness begins. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are obviously in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They also have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back. Um, just wanted to touch on some of the other conference tournaments that are going on this week that, uh, that I didn't really get to. It'll be super quick preview. Um, I think everything starts by Wednesday. I think the only major Power Five conference that isn't starting on Wednesday is the ACC, who starts on Tuesday uh, today. So, That You will get all of those games throughout the weekend. I think everything goes till Saturday or Sunday. Those are usually some of the last ones to go. And I believe the Big Ten, yet again, as is tradition, will be the last bid clinched. And what I want to do with this is just kind of identify one prospect or team that I think is worth watching or a matchup in particular. Uh, So I'll start just right with the Big Ten. Uh, I think the best one to watch early on, at least, just because we don't know the guaranteed matchups would be indiana versus rutgers those have two guys who i think could be pretty good pros one of them has a bigger uh obstacle to overcome the other uh is the son of a former nba player so rutgers has the former nba player son uh ron harper jr one of the best shooters in the class uh he goes up goes up against trace jackson davis who is a two-way forward he has no jump shot that's the main flaw with him he has to really overcome that can't shoot like at all uh unfortunately but He's got supreme athleticism, can finish at the rim really well, defends well, can handle the ball and pass. So he does everything else really well, but uh, has to overcome that. The other for the SEC now, um, I've got Alabama. This is a cheap one just because it's the low-hanging fruit, but I've got Alabama versus the winner of Mississippi State in Kentucky. Could this be where B.J. Brandon Boston turns it on um, and really just kind of shows who he was supposed to be? Am I getting my hopes up for something that won't happen? Who knows? Uh, But I really do like that matchup, you know, against Herb Jones, one of the best defenders in the country and arguably the SEC player of the year. Then in the Pac-12, if you get the upset, I'm really rooting for this route, where Stanford, they will beat University of California. They'll have to face Colorado, who's uh, the number three seed. But Colorado is a beatable team. They really don't have any NBA prospects outside of McKinley Wright, who um, unfortunately at best is a two-way prospect. He's a six-foot guard. Um, but stanford has Zaire Williams and Oscar De Silva two guys who i think are both obviously worth drafting that applies much more to Oscar De Silva who's a complete forward i think he's got a lot of two-way skills can handle the ball pass incredible uh defensive instincts i think he has a jump shot in the future and also Zaire Williams who's a projected top 10 pick you know outstanding shooter Really good uh, frame to grow into a good athlete. So lots of potential on him, top 10 pick. And if they win against Colorado, uh, not to you know get my hopes up and jump ahead to the conference semifinals on this, but if they face USC, Stanford versus USC would be a great matchup for, I believe, a third time. Uh, so I think that's the route that a lot of people should root for. And then in the Big 12 tournament, um, there's not anything in particular, not going to lie, on Thursday, I think is the day where all the top teams will start facing the winners of Wednesday's games. And really in the top six, you can't go wrong. There's a prospect on every team. It's a really stacked conference. So if you get a chance, tune into that. That should all be on the ESPN family networks. And then lastly, I'm going to use a little bit of bias here. I am actually, for the first time in a year, I'm going to a live basketball event. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. I'm going to be going to the Conference USA tournament, who surprisingly, they have two prospects that I believe are going to get drafted. You have Charles Bassey, who has been around for, I think this is his third year. He's a he's a big man. He can potentially stretch the floor. Good defender, uh, good athlete, has fought some injuries. And then on Marshall, you have Tavion Kinsey, who is probably as pure of a scorer as there is in the draft, They haven't faced a ton of competition at Marshall. You know, they're going against the Conference USA. But in his toughest out-of-conference game, they played Ohio, who that may not sound crazy, but Ohio's been pretty good this year when they have Jason Preston. And that game was his second-best scoring output, going for 28 points on 10 of 13 shooting. So he's really good. I'm excited to see him in person, likely second-round pick. They also have in the Conference USA, there's a couple guys more. Um, Louisiana Tech has a guy from Dallas. His name is Isaiah Crawford, who I see as a guy who he will explode as a junior. He's really big, long arms. I believe he's 6'7", 6'6", uh, six, six. good athlete, outstanding defender. And if the jump shot comes along, that's going to project him as a draftable prospect. Um, and then one last one, just shout out to, in my opinion, one of the most fun players in the entire country, Javon Jackson um he's been a four-year guy at ut san antonio towards acl in his freshman year really outstanding score i mean he is a walking bucket as as cliche as that phrase is he can score it at ease so if you're going to watch those games are on espn plus uh, i think in the first round and then you have stadium on the second round and then the semi-final and finals will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, so those are games worth watching. I hope that, you know, even with the Conference USA not being the, the highest uh, draft pool conference, that, uh, that those will sound interesting to you. Um, in the meantime, check us out tomorrow again when Sam and Cody are hosting. I'll be back next Tuesday. I think a lot of our topics next week will be covering the obvious uh, elephant in the room, which is the NCAA tournament, and just previewing some, you know, prospects and things like that that we're all looking forward to. Thank you, guys, and have a great rest of your day, and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you can, um, just leave us five stars in, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That would mean a lot to us. Uh, see you all next week.